0: Hello and welcome to a Carrick Institute podcast. Today we have Professor Carrick discussing his newly published paper titled Head-Eye Vestibular Motion Therapy Affects the Mental and Physical Health of Severe Chronic Post-Concussion Patients. If you would like to learn how to use head-eye vestibular motion therapy to help more patients, consider registering for Professor Carrick's Clinical Applications of Eye Movements class happening in Cape Canaveral, Florida and via live stream on November 10th through 12th. More information is available at karekinstitute.com. Thank you so very much for asking me to talk about our newly published paper in Frontiers Neurology. It's in the Neurotrauma section with an impact factor of 3.552, and we're really over the moon happy about that. Uh, The title of the paper is Head-Eye Vestibular Motion Therapy Affects the Mental and Physical Health of Severe Chronic post-concussion patients. It's a passionate paper because we've identified that uh, 1.8 to 3.6 million annual uh, traumatic brain injuries are occurring in the United States alone, and that an evidence-based treatment for concussions really hasn't been available. So we wanted to contribute to that. We've had a lot of press over the last uh, 40 years specific to our work, and we've had some pretty Spectacular outcomes. So we did a retrospective clinical chart review and uh, reported the things that we found using an objectable validated measurement of the physical and mental health characteristics of our patients. And we were able to demonstrate both statistical and substantively significant outcomes in our uh, patients. So uh, traumatic brain injuries are the buzz Uh, in uh, in the present lay press and in the academic press. We know that they can be caused by extracranial mechanical forces. So we have had just a plethora of injuries over the last four decades and have developed an expertise in treating people that have had injuries that haven't responded to other types of treatment. The interesting concomitant that we realize is that the mental health of patients that suffer brain injuries is significantly affected. And this can confound different interventions that could be uh, very helpful. Many patients describe only physical symptoms, but in fact, their greatest suffering may be uh, specific to depression, anger, control issues, or cognitive problems, increases in, in suicide in a variety of other types of things. We know that imaging such as with MRI and CT is not as uh, definitive diagnostically as are uh, predictors of of suffering uh, such as mental health issues. And very interestingly, we found that the mental health issues actually predict the physical incapacitating symptoms of uh, post-concussion syndromes. So we were really concerned with the global health of our patients. We had an international group of authors that are involved in this study and review, uh, people that are using the techniques that we developed uh, throughout the world, and we were very excited to have them come on board. Well, what we did find is that we were able to show uh, symptom severity scores, uh, which would tell um, people or validate what your symptoms are or your suffering, if you would. And we were able to change those uh, statistically significant with very, very high uh, p-values. And we used uh, different regression models to identify individual predictors of this, uh, this suffering. And not only did we show that the outcomes of our treatment were good for the things that you'd expect, headache, head pressure, neck pain, dizziness, blurred vision, sensitivity to light, and all of the concomitants that are usually reported, but we also showed changes in the mental health status uh, as well. So the, the paper is well delineated with a lot of box plots that allow the reader to look really very simply at some complicated statistical evaluations by looking at very simplified graphs that are easy to interpret so that you can see which of the types of symptoms and suffering best to the treatment that we actually would do. We have a large number, a lot of patients, and we took 620 of them and then looked at the ones that had debilitating symptoms that lasted over six months. And when we say debilitating, we're talking about people that can't work. They just can't go outside. Uh, and be around crowds, they can't walk very well, and they can't uh, think, they've got uh, pain, they have blurriness of vision, and they're light sensitive, they're sound sensitive, and all of the things that uh, are associated with these concussions. So we do know that there's a statistical relationship between symptom severity and the set of predictors that we were um, able to able to identify in the study. So doctors that read this paper can look at the individual predictors and signs or symptoms that your patients will have. And if you have certain numbers of these predictors, it's going to allow you to say, well, if you've got this, then there's a good probability that you're going to improve or you're not going to improve if you do this. Uh, I had vestibular motion types of therapy so we described the individual therapy which was used to stimulate muscles and the vestibular system and the vestibular system and basically we move the head and the body in certain frequencies and directions associated with the stimulation of structures that we delineate i think we do it fairly well in our methodology so that if you read this paper you'll be able to understand the types of techniques that we utilized and Most importantly, you should be able to incorporate these individual therapies specifically designed to address the physical concomitants that we've identified. All of our patients had visual and neurological impairments similar to what you'd expect with deficits of vestibular function. We used a variety of the techniques and then we compared our techniques to other findings of colleagues that have reported Uh, similar activation in the literature and we were able to develop a probability of the structures that we would affect. So as you go through the paper you'll see a variety of figures and you'll see tables with the statistical significance of the outcomes of our therapy as well as the effect size or the Cohen's D that we reported. A Cohen's D that is 0.8 or over is really uh, over the top and Uh, specific to effect sizes, they're rather high for a majority of the outcomes that we had. And we had some very interesting concomitants such that the mental health issues were the greatest predictors, Uh, especially things like irritability and anxiety. We also found that physical signs such as problems sleeping were very significant as predictors in these individual cases. We talked about the autonomic uh, system that uh, regulates your heart and your gut And we talked about the activation of particular uh, reticulospinal fibers and all of the intrinsic neurological structures that appear to be affected by the type of therapy that we utilize in this paper. I really think that this is a good one for people to review the anatomical basis of the types of therapies that we do and also for the types of therapies that might be done in the treatment of human suffering. It's very interesting because even though these patients were treated for five days only, the outcomes are really outstanding and very humbling in regards to the fact that they have gone, all of these patients, through a variety of good treatments with other facilities that referred them to us. So that even people that can suffer for greater than six months, the treatment time is not that great. It's just a week out of their life and they're able to get back Uh, back in the game. So the outcomes are statistically significant and it represents work that has put us on the map and has made us a popular stop for the people that have hand injuries, whether they be professional athletes or Olympians or the people next door. So it's not the length of time of the treatment, but the quality of this treatment of this head-eye vestibular motion therapy that should have applications in other mental health scenarios and we're very excited about this, especially my group at the Bedfordshire Centre for Mental Health Research in association with the University of Cambridge. The predictability of total severity scores, uh, the identification of mental health activities and outcomes are really super exciting. We hope that you'll read the paper and then if you have any questions just contact us or contact me directly and we'll do our best to explain things to you, but I think it'll be a good read for you, and it's going to be a good study, a good reference material, and there's much more to come, and we're really honored to have it published in such a marvelous and prestigious journal, Uh, and certainly the largest read journal in the field of neurology that has open access that people can read it at no charge, and the editors of this paper are pretty spectacular themselves. You can check them out they're really great stars, and we're really pleased to have them on board. So please give it a read, and please send us your comments, and we'll do our best to get back to you and, uh, and make it rich. Thanks again for asking me to speak. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to make any suggestions for any future podcast topics, please visit the Contact Us page on CarrickInstitute.com.